You're listening to the Pitch Invasion Podcast, the podcast for football travelists. Shout out and major, major uh, big ups to Pitch Invasion, Loazi, Bola, Amika, Mr. Enfold himself. Yeah, you guys are just comedians who are quite passionate about everything football and can almost, almost predict the future. Thank you guys for reviving what was almost a five-year no interest in local football, let alone watching Bafana Bafana choke on an international platform. Um, you guys, it's almost like uh, being in and around a bride with mates and just going in everything football. You guys are super insightful, man, and um, it actually makes it interesting to, to watch and unpack on um, previous games. Makes it easier to actually sit around family and um, <laughs> and sound like the, the smart guy who watches all soccer games. Yeah, man, big up to you guys. Keep going in and doing what you do best. Hello, my name is Altero, and I just wanted to call in and say that the Pitch Podcast is my go-to source for in-depth analysis of local and international football coverage. I'm from the United States and recently moved to South Africa this year. I follow sports in the U.S., but was interested in learning more about South African football. Obviously, I know about the Pirates and the Chiefs. Who doesn't before moving here? But after listening to the Pitch Podcast, I realized there's so much I did not know, and I'm still learning about it, including analysis of the players, the coaches, how the local national and international teams have done historically, crowd attendance, and the impact of where the games are played. There is a lot going on with this podcast. The content is it's full of information, but most importantly, the podcast is fun to listen to. So guys, just keep doing what you do. I'm enjoying it. Can't wait for season two. Peace. Well, we appreciate the love as always at Pitch Invasion. We just want to thank everybody who's tuned in and uh, given their time off to listen to what we have, even if it's been about Liverpool and the fluke season that they're having so far. We'd really like to thank the fans and just say, you know, thank you to everybody that's really listened to our show. And we hope to continue to give you more action and more news, more debates, more discussions. And we're just going to keep the ball rolling. And we're going to move on slightly to the EPSA Premiership and just um, touch on uh, Barocca. I mean, two weeks ago, Barocca were a national treasure. And here we are, they're facing relegation. Amika, <laughs> what is going on with this club? I think they're paying a price for for their uh, their success. You know, I think they put too much energy into the, the, the cup run. And somehow, you know, when I, when I look at how they lost to, to Bitfest, this was a team that they took apart, uh, about two, just two weeks ago. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're, they're in trouble. I hope they, they, they do get a bit of recharging during this break. Because if, if, if not for the break, the way they're going, they probably will fall way off the, the pie. But, um, yeah, I think I think it's, it's the effect of that run because sometimes when you are you're not, you're not a very big team, these things happen. Sometimes you you get in over your your head, yeah, and then you get to a point where you suddenly be, start believing that oh no, it, there's a way you play in cup games. You can't bring that into the league. Uh, league games just have to be, especially when you're at home. Now with all the pressure, all the fans expecting you to beat every, everyone. You know, you gotta realize that you're I mean, playing. I, why wouldn't the fans expect them to beat everyone when they have beaten essentially the big guns? Uh, that was a cup run, run in, in the league. You still, there's still teams that know how to navigate that 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 mm. season. And Gavin Hunt is one of those managers who can come up with a plan. And that game, 
kind of sums up just what might befall uh, Baroka if they don't get their act together. And do you see them surviving? I think the way they play, they, they still can. Because, um, but they have to realize that you know it's, you, you can't be fancy all the time. You you have to yeah. you have to dig in if you need to get get results. And especially when you're up against any of the big teams, um, I mean, Chiefs has got a, a new manager, so you you're gonna come up against these these clubs that really really feel, especially the way Barocca beat them in the in the cup. Nobody wants wants to have them beaten twice by Barocca again. And that was the thing that worried me about Barocca was that, you know, they're the sort of teams that, you know, they always find a way to gear themselves up whenever they play the big teams. If it's not the Soweto teams, it's yeah. the Pretoria teams or even Vits like you saw in the cup. And I always wondered if teams like that could just carry that sort of hype and momentum into all the other games. You know, they could be challenging for the title and nah, they, Barocca they, just fizzling they get, out right they get, they get that result and then they come up against Marisburg or... I come up against free state stars and you know they don't have the same motivation yeah so they need to get in their head that this is the league it's a different ball game it's not you know with the with the cup games it's almost like you know you know that in a league game you can get away with a draw mm. um in a cup game you know that if you draw it's not going to extra time or penalties or you know somehow you're out so it's a different mindset and uh they they the fact that they won the cup doesn't suddenly make them a big club. Yeah. Um, so they they have to realize that, you know, surviving in the Premier League is still the the, the their bread and butter in terms it's of a thirty games straight. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's going to be. I mean, we're we're halfway in now. So um, a couple of games over this weekend and everything wraps up. They just have to, you know, get their act together and know that this is not going to be an easy ride. Now, let's move on to another team, uh, Kaiser Chiefs, with their new manager, Ernst Middendorp. I believe you've got a bit of gloating to do about this. I'll try not to gloat, but, you know, I, I did say that that perhaps we need to to see what Ernst Middendorp has to, to offer over a couple of games. And he's already showing um, just what he needs. Sometimes you just need to get the results. And, yeah. you know, I thought Chiefs were... Were pretty result oriented in the last game that they played, and you know they got that result against SuperSport. And you know, you know, you would imagine that um, he would get enough time to work with them if they don't give themselves too much of a break. Because usually, these guys like to go have fun during Christmas. So we'll see what happens uh, when the team gets back together, and if they're still in in, in good shape, maybe they can find, they can find their way back back up up the table. And it's a great result for Ernst because, I mean, you always want to kick off your tenure with any club, even though he's turning to Chiefs with a win. And I think it just sort of, you know, just quietens down a bit of concern from the fans. Because that's what, the that's what Solina's, Solina's, we saw Solinas struggle to find, find a win. You know, his first seven his, games were like four, his reign, five he, draws. No, he did win the, win in the cup. Remember, against, it was against Free State, I think. I think. Yeah, and then the draws and then the came draws along came, the came in all along. So, um, you know, for, for Ernst, you know, this is a great result, and I think that um, the quality that he has in that team, he he can bring bring something out of that. That maybe he just need to score more goals. Now, another interesting uh, story which um, has just come up recently is Tukelo Granti being cut by Cape Town City and cut for something that's a bit of a strange reason. He cannot make weight. It's it's shocking because he. I mean, I, I expected that having gone there with Benny, 
you know, who's one of the greatest strikers out of South Africa, that would give him a motivation to try and walk himself into shape. And to but the, the, the irony of that, uh, uh, Benny, who was cut at West Ham for weight issues, and then Tukelo Ranti comes to Cape Town City, and he's cut for weight uh, issues. I mean, right, right now, yes. It's a bit of a strange that, one. That was Benny's playing, playing career. Um, as, a, as a manager, I think he's managed to governize these guys into playing. Although I was looking at their, their log yesterday, and I'm thinking, you know, yes, they won the cup. They're also in a now, very precarious situation. They're not situation. In, a very, in a very good good situation. And you would expect that which some of these boys that they brought back from Europe, you know, Ayanda, and, and then now, you know, they've, they've got uh, Erasmus, Erasmus and Tokelo, you know, for... This is a guy who a year ago was running rings around Nigeria and he was in the shape of his life. So I don't know what... Transpired. So the guy scored against Barcelona in the Champions yes. League. I don't know what happened, you know, between that, that period, uh, you know, what has happened to him that he can't get himself into into the right possible kind of shape. Is it the weather or is it the environment? In but it, it is strange because he's not the first South African player that has had weight issues in the midst of their career. I mean, I remember Mabizela, that was one of the issues yeah, that yeah. they had with him. Uh, what, what's his name? The the boy who, who left Golden Arrows then went um, to Fulham. Uh, uh, I am forgetting. His word. Also Dikacho, has the same yeah. story. Benny also has the same story. So this is not the first time with a South African player that weight has been an issue, especially at a pinnacle point of their careers. Maybe, maybe he's been missing all the pop and borrowers <laughs> and everything that we and he's found that a we substitute are, that we enjoyed. Yeah, and you know Cape Town is like a yeah. bright, it's like a bright capital. So yeah, but in uh, Cape Town they've got more fancier side of things. You know, there's a lot more salmon in Cape Town, more of these fish salads. I'm sure he, he surely no, should make weight not, there. It's not for us black people. We, we like <laughs> we like to dig in and and have all the Shisayamas and everything. There's still lots of them there in Cape Town, despite all of the razzmatazz that you have there. But I, I just think that for a football player, you know, um, it's, and it's not just about the top level players, even for mm -hmm. young players coming through. Diet is important. Yes. You know, losing of weight, you can go to the gym as much as you want, but if you keep eating all of that stuff that you shouldn't be eating, this is what what, what happens. And I think it's rather quite unfortunate for Tegelo because, you know, I, I mean, mean, he's still in good age. It, it will be, still have a yes, long it will, it will be, it would have been him and, and Erasmus. Mm -hmm. And what a great striking partnership that would have been for... Two for, guys for that have played overseas at a, quite a high level. With Ayanda as well. Who's, yeah, with Ayanda. Who's, um, who's having a good season as well. And with David I think, think Ayanda's Ayanda got about four goals now. Something like that, yeah. you know. So it's a really strange one. And um, let's move on to something now with the January transfer window coming up. There's some teams that uh, need to revive, you know, their seasons. And this is the only time that they have. Um, internationally or, or locally, which team do you think needs to make changes? Otherwise, you know, you fear the worst for them. You know, usually the teams that are struggling for relegation want to look at, okay, how can we shore things up? Yeah. But then, you know, um, you look at the teams that are high up there with injuries and, and also, I mean, a team like United, for instance, you know, mm. with a new manager or looking at their team and saying, okay, what do we have a problem? We have a problem in defense. Do we need to get one or two, two defenders? Do you have the right kind of players? And do you also want to spend a lot of money in the general transfer window? Because sometimes you don't get the best player options. Mm. What I see is a lot of players that are maybe probably going to be going to um, what you call um, um, 
you know, they have these players who are almost out of contract. Yeah. And they are allowed to speak Sign to pre contracts. They are allowed to speak to, to, to yes. pre contracts. For me, I think that's where, like, like Adrian Rabor from PSG. Yeah, he's, he's free. He's said he doesn't it's want to contract, sign. Yeah, it's contract. He doesn't, doesn't want to sign. So it's like stop. So it's either the club takes advantage of it this window or. You know, he gets to sign with someone and, and joins at the end of the season, or somebody yeah. offers some money, and the club says, "Okay, look, let's get some money back now." And then you look at the clubs in the PSL. We don't, we're not hearing a lot uh, yeah, not much around around the transfer, and it's quite strange because typically around this time, you'll you'll find that there's one player who's doing very well, and then suddenly sundowns or someone wants to buy them. But you look at the the top scorers chat. Again, typical yeah. South African problem. And, you know, speaking about goals, I think a player that, you know, could be served with a move now that he's free is Tugelo Hranti. And I look yes. at Orlando Pirates and I'm thinking, you know, there's Justin Schonger and Vincent Bulo banging goals. I don't know what the Kabuza situation is, but outside of that, there's nobody. Yeah. Home is where, where the heart is, and Tukelo Grant is familiar with yeah, the scene yeah, I there. Think, I think he might, he might, and he might work I, for him to go to, to, I go think to Pirates. Pirates, get him for free. Yeah. You know, you can give him a good deal that suits him and the club. And maybe, and maybe he, this time maybe around, this, he will, this might revitalize him. Revitalize him, and you know? he's got a coach like, like Micho, who's, um, who's, and Pirates also has a good backroom setup. Um, they brought in some really smart coaches from, and you know, um, guys who have technical qualities yes. around working, working in the back room. A lot of them, they brought in some guys from Europe as well. So, I think that, you know, that that might be a, a very, a very key key move because Pule is not a, not a, an out and out striker. Mm. Nada is is Justin. So, yes, that that could be that could be a very significant move if it does happen. I think um, another move for me, uh, January transfer window, might come sooner than that, but <laughs> Manchester United, a manager, I think that's going to be a big move. I'm not going to obviously say um, who I think it is going to be in case I shoot myself on the foot, but I think who they do get, that's going to be crucial for them because looking at the context of the season, there's still a lot for United to play for. There's still the Champions League, there's an FA Cup coming. So if I was them, I'll get, I'll get Conte. You'll get content. Yeah. Because if you look at Manchester United, right? Um, obviously, those two cups, the FA Cup and the Premier League. But there's still the matter of at least finishing in a Champions League position, which obviously with a club like Manchester United with so much investments, I mean, the share price for them falls every time they don't do well. So if they don't make Champions League, that's another year they have to wait. And who knows? I mean, other clubs by then could have gone even higher. I mean, Arsenal still have a transfer window coming up uh, in August where Con they can still improve. Conte came in after Mourinho left Chelsea and won the league. So maybe. So you may think that's a good omen? Maybe for them. he comes in into into this team with a point to prove, also prove to Chelsea that you were wrong to get rid of me. And he comes in there and he galvanizes this because with Conte you got you got the energy and the vibe mm. and the one thing you won't get from from Conte is all that negativity that Mourinho brings, you know, which is which for me, you know, I'm not a Man United fan, but I know the club and I know the pedigree of the club. I know I know its history. I know its I know I know it's a powerful brand. And Mourinho comes in there and he's attacking managers, attacking players, attacking media, saying all kinds of negative. That's not something that, mm. you know, not not in my time. You know, I mean, I, I've been, I've known Manchester United from when I was a kid. And some of the managers that, that I've known from there, from Ron Atkinson to Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, these are managers that, you know, have a bit of maturity in the way they approach. Uh, they understand the understand United And everything, way. yes. So to have a manager like like Mourinho, I just couldn't get it. 
And that is why when I look at Liverpool and I look at Klopp, it's the perfect, perfect, really perfect, perfect match, match because he understands the ethos of the club. He tries to leave it. He even galvanizes. I mean, he said something a while back to his players. He said, don't touch that, that sign. The, this is Anfield sign because you haven't won anything, you know? And, and, and I remember um, who was coming to play there for Napoli. It was Mitten who said, what is it with this? But this, this is Anfield's sign. And then people reminded him after the game to say, listen, this is why. Those, when you tell yeah. you about the Anfield night. So these clubs have a lot of culture and pedigree. It's like Orlando Paris and Kaiser Chiefs in South Africa. You know, they can't appoint a manager that will come in and bring the club to, to disrepute. And I, you know, Mourinho, with due respect to all that he's achieved, I think like, you know, that whole special one negativity and everything, it works at Chelsea. Because, well, sacked one now. because that's something that, that he that he did, but he even backfired to the point where he got fired again. Now to take that into possibly the biggest club in the world, and, and, and I I mean I don't say it lightly. You know, Manchester United it's a huge club. You know, because in from a global perspective, for all the Real Madrid and everything, that United brand is is a is a money making machine for shareholders and for everyone there. You don't just go there and say some of the things that he says. And I'm listening to him over the weekend where he's talking about the Liverpool game. I'm talking about, I, you know, I look at Robinson, Robertson and he's running and I'm and I'm tired. I look at <laughs> the physical players that Liverpool has. He's describing them and I'm thinking, no. That's unlike Man United manager. No. I mean, you, you don't want to have that admission to your biggest rival. You don't do that. I mean, you know, doesn't, doesn't always, I, mean I don't think I've heard a Real Madrid uh, manager at any point praise Barcelona, no. even if they were hammered 5-0, I mean, 5-1, usually, usually with him, he has an excuse. You know, either or, uh, the last two goals were deflections, this and that and that. And then suddenly, here you are, praising the team and saying how, you know, the intensity was, was in the first, we couldn't cope with it. Oh, my players were not this, my players... Nobody does that. So, you know, looking at the transfer window, I think that, you know, that would be the biggest transfer for United if they can actually appoint the manager that will take this club forward mm. now. If I was them, I will let Carrick or whoever is assistant to just carry the team until, until January and then look for a good manager that you, you allow to, to come in now and take this team all the way to the end of the season and then let him be in place to prepare for next season. Because if you wait until the transfer window to the end of the season to appoint a new manager, then he only gets to meet the players after they come back from the the, the, the break. But I, you know, for me, um, a lot has been said about Zidane. I don't know if Zidane can survive there. Um, but I, I think maybe go, go and look for, for Conte. Oh, interesting one. Now, this is our last show for the year, and uh, what a year it's been. 2018 has really been um, a fantastic year for football. I mean, we've seen it all. Champions League final, World Cup final, the dramas with the best player and the Ballon d'Or awards. And, you know, it's been a really action-packed year. But now, leave us off with what has been your biggest highlight of the year. Please do not say Liverpool being on top of the lock. No, I think, I think for me, Mohamed Salah, just his phenomenal performance, um, you know, both sides of the of the season, and despite all the injury and the walk of misery, to come back the way the way he's done, I think for me that's that's the highlight for me. Um, another one is is Banyana Banyana. Mm. You know, I think yes. um, you know just qualifying for the for the World Cup. Um, what people don't realize sometimes is what that means to the South African girl. What it means to to every girl who plays football. 
because it, it, it says it says you can do there's anything. something for me to yeah. aspire to. I can I can take this game because if you look at it, what do girls play? Play in South Africa, they play netball. Yeah. Um. Yes, it, it, you know they've got attempts at rugby and and what have you, but you know from a from a numbers game. There's a lot more girls playing football of all races, mm. and you know, um, you know, if if there can be a little bit more investment in the school system to enable them go on, and then look at some of the brands, you know, hopefully they put some money into into a, a, a proper league, yeah, proper yes. league. Um, then you have you're creating you're creating jobs, and also, you know, for 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 me also, you know, Desiree she's South African as well. Yes, you know. They used to have a, a a Dutch coach who couldn't take them to the World Cup, and then here they have a South African coach who has done that. Which Local means, is which means also, also a lot more of the and and, not, and also the, the female team went to the 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 under seventeen right. World Cup. You know, I, you know, having said that, I'm Nigerian and, and you know I acknowledge the achievement of the Falcons, but you know, it's been a great year for South African women's football all around. For yeah, for South Africa, it's I mean for Nigeria, it's it's expected that yeah. they they are so dominant, but. To look at how close South Africa, you know, chased the Falcons, and then the under 17s also with with uh, Simpiwe I mean, as coach. The, the under 17s were a game away of reaching the next round. For me, for me, for me, they didn't, so they, they, like, didn't they didn't even need to win it. Qualifying now, says to the next batch of people that maybe this under 17s can aspire to go to under 20, and then yes. some of them might might become future. That's a filter future, system. A filter system Bafana, that goes to them. But I'm just saying that from a Collective all year round, it says that to the to the average girl out there who's yes. who's got aspirations to 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 make a career, you know, these girls. And I think it also people. opens the door for uh, some girls to say, "Listen, there is a career in sports." Yes, right. Because I think often what is shut out from women is a career in sports. It's a career. So. You might not be the player, but you might be the next Israelis. So exactly. there's, a, there's a lot of doors that I think our women's teams have opened up this year and a lot of perceptions that they've changed. Well, for me, Banyana obviously uh, is up there with my biggest highlights of the year. But I'm going to surprise you with uh, what my biggest highlight of the year was. And that was Arsenal getting rid of Arsene Wenger. Because nah. I'll tell you what, Amika, <laughs> this to me really shocked me because, one, it came before the season ended. So already as an Arsenal fan, I was like, okay, I think, well, he's going to see think through have, I think you have to, to give, the next you year. You have to give Wenger credit and himself. They actually, himself. They actually give him had credit. the gumption to do it. Give him credit. For, it caught everybody off guard. Give Wenger credit for, for you know, coming out and saying, you know, it's time for me to, to go. And he said, no, 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 no. It, it, he didn't come out. I know, club, I know that. Something listen, on the table. I know that. And they said, Wenger. Yes, I know that there, there was whatever. But what I'm saying is that, at least in his own case, he didn't come in form of a club statement saying whatever, whatever. It was Wenger, you know, this is my time. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to, to leave. Whatever way you want to look at it, you want to try and 22 color, color years it, and it is came that to he, an is end. That he, left, he left with his head high. He wasn't fired. I'm not sure if you could say his head was high because what, I mean, what could he have done? when you have Wenger out flying all over the stadium, the banners and so forth, I mean, I agree, I, I'm but, not so sure what, that what, what could you he, know, he left in the most what, comfortable what situation. Could he have done? What could he have done? But in saying that, what an interesting year it's been for managers because he had Lopetegui <laughs> fired before the World Cup and then comes into Madrid fired yeah, within my, two my, months. My question to him also: Mourinho did, out, did he, did Wenger he, out. Did he, wow, did, managers' heads. If you wanted to go to Real Madrid. He didn't need all those drama. They could have kept the announcement until after the World Cup. Yeah. You know, not 
not before. He then he would have gone to the World Cup with the Spanish team. Who knows what he would have, what he would have achieved because yeah. they had so much quality in that team. But then you know he goes away and Hierro comes in and and they don't achieve nothing. And then he goes to Real Madrid and you know he gets fired again. Yeah. And then you start wondering what, what, what was it about? Maybe the, the payoff that he gets from Real Madrid. But you know for me, you know it would have paid him better if he had coached in the World Cup. But even if he got fired now, at least you have it yeah. on his on his resume that he did that. But that's that's the beauty of the game. But you know, having said that, you know, Emery, you know, replacing Wenger has been a very interesting story until last Breath week. Breath of fresh air. Yeah. Well, that's it, guys. 2018 pitch invasion. That's how we wrap it up. Thank you to everybody that has subscribed from episode one up until episode 20. This has really been a fantastic journey. And we hope that we've given you all the juicy information, news, debates, topics that you've all wanted to hear. And trust me, 2019, it's going to be no different. The year of Liverpool. <laughs> you, you know what? We all know Liverpool when they're on top of the lock. Wait for that Crystal Palace away from home. No way. There, there's no job. Who's going to slip? Henderson. No, no, Wait for Henderson. Nah, to he's, slip. Not, he's not even going to play. Henderson. To Henderson's not going to play. By the way, by, you know, by, by the way, by the way, before we go, you did, did you see Fabinho? Oh, he's been good. He's come off good. I, I, I must give Klopp praise because everybody was. You look at Man United with how they've handled Fred. Everybody's like, where's Fred? Where's Fred? And Mourinho hasn't blooded him in. And you look at uh, Klopp, he waited until this guy was ready and he even said that um, Fabinho is not ready. And man, let me tell you now, what a, game, what a player he's become. I think in the last, I think he started the last five games for Liverpool. And if I'm not mistaken, all five of them, he could have easily been man of the match, barring Salah's hat trick uh, against Bournemouth. This is the pass to. to... To Mane, yes, and the finish. Also good for Mane to actually finish that after. Oh, yeah, it, 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 it seemed like <laughs> it seemed like the match against Napoli was like pra a practice session for yeah. him. Because he, he, the way he not just the goal, remember also the second goal. He he was the one who came from the, the left side and set it up. But um, anyway, that's that's just a, a tip of the iceberg for you to remember yes. that. Don't go telling me about Gerard falling falling, <laughs> falling and all that because Keita is also coming. It's also coming gradually into the into that team, so we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I wish you all a great, uh, wonderful um, holidays, Christmas, New Year, everything that that comes with this great festive season. Drive safely, enjoy yourself, and let's let's have fun. You'll never walk alone. Yes, and uh, please do come back safely. Do not drink and drive, of course. Don't forget that. And also, we'd like to uh, extend our wishes to our colleague, Loise Zukubu, who's not here. Yes. Bear in mind, he's never here whenever things go wrong at United, but uh, <laughs> we hope that uh, his uh, batteries will be refreshed and recharged next season, and uh, we'll see him as well next season. But from all of us here, I'm Kola Makwaza. I'm Mecca Have a great season, guys. Yeah. See you.